Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. We're taking you inside the mind of a man. This is How Men Think, an iHeartRadio podcast. What is up, everybody? I am so pumped to be filling in here as a uh, as a guest on How Men Think. I've been on this podcast in the past, and uh, to be able to host it now this time is going to be a lot of fun. So let me tell you a little bit about myself. You know, I'm, I'm Eric Winter. You might know me from... Uh, a current TV show I'm on right now uh, called The Rookie on ABC. I was on something called Witches of East End before that had a, a big cult following and a movie, The Ugly Truth. Those are just a few of the things. And the Ugly Truth actually uh, bodes very well with uh, a podcast like How Men Think, to be quite honest. Um, I also have a podcast with my wife, Rosalind Sanchez, called He Said Ella Dijo, that if you haven't checked out, you need to do so. Um, and other than that, I'm going to try and answer some of your questions. And uh, But before we do that, let's go ahead and start with 11 questions uh, for me, okay? What are you known for? Tell us about yourself. Well, I guess I am known for being an actor, um, I once was a model many years ago. Um, but now I guess you could say I'm known for being an actor. Uh, who am I in my personal life? In my personal life, I'm definitely not an actor. I am a father and I am a husband. And, uh, those are my two greatest priorities. And I'm a son. Um, so those, uh, my family is the most important thing to me. So I try to put that first with everything I do. Um, Let's see, three shows that I am binge watching right now. I'm watching Winning Time, uh, the Lakers Showtime era uh, series that just started up on HBO Max. I just finished binging um, Yellow Jackets on Showtime, which I loved. I was way into. Very cool show. Um, and let's see, gosh, before that, I don't know what other show. I know my wife wants me to start The Crown, but I'm way, way late on that, and I get a lot of anxiety watching five seasons of any show at this point. So that probably won't happen. My favorite food, uh, Mexican food. I think I, that's usually my go-to tacos. I mean, I love tacos, uh, about my career. Well, I, I talked about it a little bit at the top of this, uh, segment, but you know, I, uh, I wanted to be a doctor. I was a pre-med student at UCLA. I fell into the acting world after taking a, a drama class in college, and uh, which actually you know, led me down the road of modeling and commercials and studying acting. And, and uh, my career, I got very fortunate, became uh, an actual profession, I should say. Acting is a, is a tricky business. It's not always a profession. It's sometimes something you're just plugging away at, uh, a challenge. My biggest fear, I don't really know that I have a biggest fear in my life. Um, probably just the health and, and the safety of my family, I guess. Um, biggest pet peeve. Wow. My biggest pet peeve is probably when people complain a lot and never try to do anything about it. That pretty much drives me crazy. Um, something that we talk about on He Said Ayadijo a lot my other podcast, because I like to fix things. I don't like to sit and just complain. Um, 
What makes me the most happy? I'm going to go back to the answer I've said before, but my family. My family makes me the most happy. And my ideal Saturday is pretty much getting that family time in because when I'm working during the week, I don't get to see the kids as much. And also I love watching my daughter play tennis. So a good Saturday morning tennis match is at the top of my list, although it stresses me out and I, I go crazy while I'm watching it. Uh, I do enjoy it. And I'm, I'm definitely more, uh, to answer question 10 here, I'm definitely more of an athlete than an armchair quarterback. Um, I, uh, yeah, no, hundred percent. And what keeps me motivated? I think Plain and simple is probably the drive to be the best I can be for my kids, um, to try and set a good example for them uh, moving forward in this world. And although I fail quite often, I try to uh, pick myself back up and be the example for them. So that would answer my 11 questions. Okay, well, before we get into some listener questions, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some Q&A um, that listeners have wrote in about. Um, Let's see. Is it hard to surprise your wife with romantic gestures? What do you suggest for couples who have been together for a while? Well, you know what? It does get more challenging, I, I would say, the longer you've been with somebody to surprise an individual because they, they, they've figured you out in a lot of ways. So it's, it's tough to spring one on them. Um, but I, I do try really hard to always be creative and to dig deep in the vault and try to come up with something fun. Um, and that's, you know, my advice again would be to, for couples to all do the same. I mean, you've got to try to keep it interesting, but you know, surprises aren't always the most important part. Just the romantic gesture itself uh, speaks volumes. So I think that is, is what is the most important in that situation is just make the effort. Um, do I agree with the motto that marriage comes first? I, before the kids, I, you know, I would say yes, I, I would say Marriage definitely is something that you should put at the front of uh, a family because you're a you're setting this sort of tone in the household. The kids are always a, a an a priority in the situation, but if the marriage is not intact and you're not putting that first, then I think the kids suffer as a result of that. So I think if you can put uh, the marriage first, it all will fall back uh, on the family in the most positive way possible. Let's see. Um, do Raz and I talk about our love languages? Yes, we definitely have talked about our love languages on our podcast quite a bit. We definitely do not agree on the same types of love languages, but I think, you know, I, I love the idea of love languages. I think that they, they, they hit the nail on the head. You know, I, I think if you can understand what makes your partner tick, I think that is the most important part in a relationship because everybody everybody's motivated by something different in a relationship and what really makes them happy. So I think it's important to acknowledge it and, and figure it out. Um, let's see. Is it too forward or aggressive for a woman to ask a guy on a date? Absolutely not. I think a woman knowing what she wants and being confident and, and going after what she wants is super attractive. So I don't think a woman should sit back, but I also completely believe in chivalry. And I, I believe that a man should also step up and be an incredible, um, pursuer. You know, I think, uh, pull out all the stops, make it, uh, make it known you are attracted to the person of interest and go for it. But, but women don't hold back. Don't hold back at all. Um, let's see, before my new boyfriend meets my parents, should I tell him about my family's issues? Well, well, I, you know, wow, I guess it depends on what your family's issues are. Um, if they are too intense, I would probably hold back. Um, 
at first sort of make the intro, let the uh, boyfriend experience it for himself. Don't, uh, you know, cause you might put something out there that's too much and, and maybe it wasn't that bad when he meets the parents for the first time, but if they're hardcore, yeah, if, if, if your parents are impossible, then you might want to give them a heads up just to not take it too, uh, too serious. Um, let's see how soon do you talk about past relationships with your partner? You know, I don't really think it's good to talk about past relationships at all, unless my partner were to bring it up. Um, that's not something I'm big on. I, uh, I never go into a new relationship talking about my past relationships by any means. Um, but if my partner were to ask any questions, I would be honest. I would, I would share, um, definitely talk about what I've learned from them, but I would not indulge in them. I think that can be a, Oh, that's a bad situation. Looking for a problem is what I would say, diving into the past. Um, let's see. Do you guys plan dates anymore? If I'm a guy and I'm interested, if I, if a guy I am interested in has not planned a date, but has asked me to hang out, does this mean he is not interested in me seriously? Look, I definitely still plan dates for my wife. I have to put them together, but I, and I think if a guy asks someone out, but doesn't have something fully planned, it doesn't necessarily mean he's not interested. It just, it might be a flag for you that if you're look, if you like a guy who's putting the effort in and, and really wanting to show you that he's brought his A game, then that might be something you're paying attention to. But I don't know that it quite means he's not interested in you. He's just not prepared. He's not, he's not a planner, which could be a problem for some. Uh, let's see, maybe one more we can squeeze in. Um, when kids come into the picture, how important is it to have date nights? I I think it's extremely important. It's easier said than done to figure it out. You know, Rosalind and I are always trying to figure out ways to have date nights. And then funny enough, every time we have a date night, all we do is talk about the kids and how things are going at home and I hope they're behaving. And um, But I think it's important to try to block out that special time for each other and have a proper date night because you got to keep the romance in the relationship strong in order to keep the marriage strong. And then in turn, like I said before, it all snowballs down onto the kids as a, as a good uh, example for marriage. So let's see, I hope, I think I might've answered them all. All right. Now we are going to take some live calls and uh, I'm going to do my best to answer your questions as honestly as I can. Hey, Madison. Hi, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having me. <laughs> for sure. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Well, I'm, I'm hoping you have an answer for me. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, for, for the record, I am 28. Um, and I, this is going to sound crazy, but I've been with my boyfriend for seven years, <laughs> seven years. Wow. Okay. I know it's a long time, but you know, formative years, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But when I when I talk to people that are like in their 30s and 40s, they're always surprised that I am in a long term relationship like that. And they seem to always mention that their 20s were like their their most wild fun times of their youth. And I don't know, as I'm getting closer to 30, I'm just questioning if I sort of missed out on fun in my 20s. Because I've been in this long-term relationship for seven years. So I'm just, 
I don't know, am I thinking too much about it? Or like, am I thinking too much about, you know, missing out? Well, I don't think you should ever think about what you're missing out on if what you're in is truly bringing you a lot of happiness. That's, that's where I'd start. I mean, if you're, if you've been really happy for the past seven years and you have, I mean, everybody has ups and downs and seven years is a solid, solid, you know, relationship. Um, I I would never gauge on what you've missed out. If, if, if everything has been sitting right in front of you has been great. You know what I mean? Every, everybody, sure, people have. Well, I was married when I first, when I was twenty five. I got married for the first time. I was divorced by twenty eight. I was in a long term relationship when I we started dating when I was. Let's see. Yeah, we started dating when I was twenty two. Uh, yeah, twenty two. I think. And uh, so you could say most of my twenties were taken up by that first marriage, and then I met my current wife when I was in my late twenties. Now I had wild like high school years <laughs> even yeah. into my 20s um and i had a couple years of of being single in between where i i, I had i had my you know my kicks i guess you'd say or whatever just being a being a 20 year old um but again I, you know i didn't go through my 20s just partying all straight through i was in a long term relationship for most of that time um and so i i again i people that say those things, they aren't living the reality that you're living, right? So they're living a different sort of happiness. And a lot of it is, I hate to say it because I've been, but I've been through it. It's more of a shallow, right? Like if I'm partying, I'm just living up these moments, which they're great. I'm not saying they're not, but they're not invested in any sort of love, right? They're not, they're in the moment. And which is also a beautiful thing for, for many people at that time. Um, let me ask you, I mean, seven years, are you, are you wanting to get married? Are you hoping to sustain a long-term relationship uh, as a partner? Um, is, is he the, the, he or she, the, the one for you? I mean, I definitely want to get married one day. And after seven years, I do think that we're both ready. I mean, I've, of course we've had ups and downs like any relationship, but I've yeah. definitely been happy. I am happy. I love him. You think he's I the just, one? I do. I do. I definitely, I do. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds cheesy, but I do. I really do. Then that's, that's all that matters. Then you didn't really miss out on anything because at the end of the day, you would have, your twenties otherwise would have been party, party, date, break up, maybe hook up, be unfulfilled yeah. for a for a long time, maybe be happy for a little bit. You know, it's a, it's a big, when you're single in your twenties, it's just a big roller coaster. It's up mm-hmm. and down of highs and lows. I remember being single after my first my first divorce and being so, like just going wild, having a blast and dating, dating, dating. And then I would just have these lonely, lonely nights where I constantly was like, when am I going to get back in a serious relationship and find mm-hmm. my person? Because I always knew I was going to be someone that would be in relationships. I would be a monogamous person and be committed. And um, I was always looking for that love, even in those moments of just being single and silly. I still was mm-hmm. always looking for something deeper. So I, I was fulfilled in the moment, but I wasn't fulfilled long-term. Right. So I was always searching still. Um, yeah. So again, if, yeah, if, I don't want that. I, I mean, it sounds fine. I just, I don't, that's not what, what I want. Yeah. You can't gauge your happiness on other people's uh, ex- experiences or their happiness or what they say is right. You know, you, you clearly yeah. have something good going on. And I think you should be thankful for that, that you found it early. Thank you. Yeah, no, I I think I just needed help sort of rationalizing it or not even rationalizing it, like a different perspective on it, I guess. And here's the truth. You will never know. 
<laughs> being single in your 20s may have been the worst experience of your life. It may have been great. It may have been horrible. You will never know. It's not always, you know, peaches and cream. It's just not. I don't care what anybody says. It's like, that's like living the Instagram life. People's Instagram is not their reality. You know, someone said, oh, my 20s was so amazing. Da, da, da. I was single and living it up. And I guarantee you they had moments of loneliness and boredom and sadness and um, feeling that they were missing out on someone who found love. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy my friends that are still single and like, yeah. trying to find someone. Because they all are. I'm sure most of them don't want to end up single the rest of their lives. Yeah, most of them. I think some of them probably will only because they can't. <laughs> I don't know. It's a different story. I'll call back in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope that helps a little bit, but it sounds like you have a good thing going on. Don't compare to your friends. Just live in yeah, your this, live, live your moment. This helped so much. Thank you so much. Seriously, you really helped. Okay, good. Have a good one. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You too. Thank Hi. you so much. Laura? Hi, can How you hear me? How are you? Yeah. Eric Winter here. Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. So what do you have for me? I'm curious what question you have. Okay. So I think this is probably the most important question you're going to get okay. uh, today. <laughs> so I'm, I'm in my mid thirties, right? Mm -hmm. um, I am single and I am looking for a long-term partner. So a lot of my friends, they've found some guys who are divorced. Uh, some of those guys have kids, some of them don't. But anyways, my friends always tell me to find a divorced man because he knows how to commit. He knows what it, how, what it takes to make a marriage work. Um, and I'm not sure how I feel about it. And I wanted to ask you, do you believe in that notion? That you need to find a divorced man because of the age of yes. the, at which you are and you're single? Yes. I completely disagree that you have to find that. <laughs> I think you just got to find the right person. Um, I think okay. you have to find the right person. I don't care if they were divorced or, you know, if they've never been married. I mean, I think as you're meeting people, if you, if you find someone that's like, you know, he's never been in a long-term relationship before, that might be something that you're like, Oh, okay. That's interesting. You know, I'm not saying mm -hmm. I would red flag it immediately, but the fact that they've never been able to sustain a relationship could be something that I wouldn't waste time on. But if they're mm -hmm. great, you, maybe you're that one, maybe you're that person that they're going to build their first long-term relationship with. Um, but I would never gauge it just on the fact that you're in your thirties and you're, you need to like people that are divorced and I'm, and I was divorced, you know, once before I, I got married a second time, I would never say that a person that, that has been divorced knows how to commit. <laughs> because they've been divorced. So who's to say yeah. that they ever want to commit again? You know, someone who has a clean slate might be the right person that's never been married that is looking to commit for the first time long-term. Um, that makes sense. You know, I, I just think one thing that happens is the older you get, no matter what, and I say this in the, in the, in the, the most honest but polite way to anybody is that, yeah, the older people get yourself or anybody else, the more, ba I, I say baggage in the nicest way, but the more things that accumulate in a person's past, right? So I, I feel like holding them to certain standards or certain, like looking for that golden egg all the time and saying, I'm going to find the perfect match. The later you get in life, it's harder because everybody comes with a history and the older they are, mm -hmm. the bigger that history is, whether um, that might be past divorces or it might be, you know, meeting somebody who has kids and they're not, that's never considered, you know, baggage in my mind, but it's something you have to consider. You have to take on. Do I want to be a step parent? Do I not want to be a step parent? You know, those are, those are real things to consider. So the older I, I think you get, you always have to just 
not lower your standards by any means, but just be more accepting of what people bring to the table. Because mm. it's different than in your 20s when it's everybody's kind of experiencing things for the first time or fresh out of high school, early college. Everybody's just being, yeah, you're the young and dumb, you know, and just having fun. And, and there's very little things other than just figuring themselves out. Yes, this makes sense. I'm so glad you said that because that's kind of how I feel about it too. But they've been insisting that I have to find somebody. So I'm going to tell them that Eric Winter says that. Just find the right person. That, that is not true. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they've been divorced. And you, and I, I truly think, how do they, how, what, what makes them think that that person's ready to commit if they just got out of, out of a marriage? They might be the right. farthest thing from somebody that wants to commit. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're going to, you're going to find the right one. Just keep, keep your standards, you know, where you want them. Don't settle, but just be okay. accepting of people. And, um, the right, the right match will, will happen. Don't force it. Right. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you. For sure. So what you got from Michelle? My husband and I have been together like 10 years and we have two little kids. Um, our daughter is nine and our son is seven. And I guess I need advice on dealing with our son. Um, he's just at that age where is super defiant and which I say that and I'm like, well, all kids are, but he's, he's definitely into his technology. So we've been kind of using that to, as an incentive for good behavior, but it's just not working. Like he's said, shut up to us. He's just, we're just not used to this energy. I don't know if it's boy energy or what, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, causing a lot of tension in our home. Like we all kind of feel held hostage by his behavior. So I'm just seeking advice, like how, how we can <laughs> do better with him and with each other and all of it. Yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, first of all, look, congrats on being married 10 years, having two kids. Thanks. Those are all wonderful yeah. things. Um, you know, yeah. I can relate in a lot of ways. Listen, I have my, my firstborn is a, is a very, very strong, uh, little girl. Um, uh -huh. and is at that sort of prepubescent age where she, you know, she's, fighting back. Everything's a no, everything's talking back. Um, she hasn't said shut up yet. <laughs> I would lose my mind if she said that to me, but she's getting to the point where she is, she's testing the boundaries, right? She's pushing, pushing, yes. pushing. So I can fully relate. I think it, it you said he's seven. He's seven years old. Yeah. yeah so, I mean, it's, it's gonna, I, I would, you know, listen, I, I'm not one to ever tell anyone how to parent because I feel like every kid is so different and I, and I definitely don't have it mastered myself by any means. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. but people have said to me before, like if that behavior doesn't get sort of nipped in the bud early enough, it's just going to continue to get worse and worse and worse. And then you get into the teen years and it's going to be out of control, which I'm already afraid of for my daughter yeah, same, um, same. as well. <laughs> yeah. But I think using, you know, finding the things that are the most important to him, which we've been trying to do with my daughter too, is super, super strong, right? I, I take away mm -hmm. the television, I take away technology, I take away the things that she really loves. I remember when mm -hmm. my daughter was, and I'll tell you a funny story, when she was maybe seven, maybe a little even younger than seven, and she's so strong and she'd be in trouble and say, that's it, we're taking away your toys. And she's like crying. She's like, fine, let me help you pack them up as she's crying. Mm -hmm. So she didn't yeah. really care that I was taking them away. But she was upset that I was mad at her, but she was still yeah. helping me get rid of the toys. So it was, <laughs> it was again, showing her defiance, right? Um, with him, have you noticed that he gets a react? Do you get a reaction out of him um, when you take away technology? Does he actually listen for that moment? 
times, but I kind of feel like you said that it was kind of a light bulb where I feel like he's reacting more to us, like losing our mind, like being at our limit, you know? Yeah. He wants to get the rise out of you. We don't really do it until you just said that. I was like, oh man, he actually knows the expectation. Maybe we just kind of react. I don't know. I mean, he doesn't, he definitely feels the pain, but I feel like the pain is that he finally reacted, not necessarily the technology because he knows he's going (laughs) to. He knows he's going to what? He knows he's going to get it back eventually. Well, so, but maybe he know. won't. Maybe he won't get it back. Yeah. That's got to be. That's got to be your line, right? If that's the one strength that you know you have in a situation, look, you know, I grew up. I grew up at a time where I just got spanked and I got smacked, and it was like, hey, you don't do this, and I got a spanking, and I never talked back. Now I know times are different now, right? But there. Well, is- I mean, and that's why, like, that shut up is so upsetting because it's like, where do we go from here? Because we don't smack our kids, and it- we won't smack our kids, and you won't so spank. it feels yeah. that kind of like oh my gosh like what now he's like going out into the world and being this horrible person but. exactly no yeah I'm sure, and i'm sure outside of the house he probably acts much better than he does at home at least that's the case with a lot yeah, of like my daughter and, sure. and kids yeah. and, and i was told once by somebody then you know you're doing the right thing because at least your child is respectful to adults outside of the home their job is to challenge yeah. you their job is to push you and um right. and and like you you know i we have never spanked our kids i have not gone down that path even though that's how i was sort of brought up and i think a child having that sort of uh, hint of fear, I would call it, or respect, more importantly for their parents, is the most important factor. Like, you know, we're not here to be their best friends, even though we want to be. They need to respect us first, and we're here to teach them and be their parents. If technology is the one thing I think that you know you're going to have a handle on over him, then I think don't engage in the fights anymore or the arguments. I think take take away his vice take away whatever it is, his TV, his, his, the, the, the technology, whatever the case may be. His sister's obviously going to still get what she gets and he's going to have to live without that for a long period of time. And until mm. you see the behavior yeah. turn, let him know he is never getting it back. I remember when I first started driving, I got a ticket when I was 16, right? The keys got taken away. Didn't get the mm-hmm. ticket, but didn't get the keys back for a yeah. long time. I learned my lesson. So take it away. He, he might think he's getting it back. Nope. It's going to go locked away, put in a cupboard, whatever. It might be a month before he sees it again, unless he needs it for school, then he uses it for those things, but he's not getting it for anything else. As long as it takes until it sets in that right. you, that you two are in control, not him. Right. So that's the biggest right. factor, right? He, he thinks yeah. that he's in control and he's pushing that pecking order against your husband, against you. He's trying to make sure he's the alpha and he's got to understand that you're not the alpha. We're the alphas. And we're on the same page and whatever you say, your husband has to agree with and whatever he says you have to agree with. And you guys have to be a united front in front of him so that he never sees that he can play you against each other Mm -hmm. and whatever it is, take it away. And he does not get it right. And just keep taking things away. If I remember I got grounded as a kid, I didn't see my friends for two weeks. I couldn't play with the name. My, my, my best friend who was my neighbor. You know, I couldn't come out. Of, I, I'd be in my yeah. room. Go back to old school where you just make them write down on a piece of paper a hundred times. I will not say shut up to my parents again. A hundred times. Make them right. write those sentences. Just do things like that. And if he says, no, I'm not going to do that and say, well, okay, then I guess you are never getting your 
PlayStation or you're never getting your computer back. I guess you just won't get it. That's it. Right. I mean, you, you have yeah. to find what your leverage is. Just have to hold the line, I guess. You have to hold the line. You have to, he has to right. understand that you two are in control no matter what. I really appreciate you taking the time and the validation, just being able to talk to another parent about it is so helpful too. I'm, I'm happy to try to help uh, however I could. I, it's not easy. Being a, parent, <laughs> being a parent is the most rewarding and most challenging thing in the world. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, thank you so much. No problem. All the best, you guys. I hope it works out. Thank you. I appreciate it. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Eric. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for being here. I can't wait to hear <laughs> what you uh, what you have to ask. Yeah. Okay. So I was seeing this guy a few years ago and we ended things because he didn't want to commit like so many other men. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and we've now reconnected actually. Um, okay. Lo and behold on Instagram, uh, we went out and we had a great time and he's fully pursuing me again. Okay saying that he wants a relationship with me and you know he thinks that it can be different this time and we were so good last time and now look how great it is now all of that stuff but you know i'm a little bit hesitant because of what ended up happening before like i wanted to take it further i wanted long-term commitment and he just couldn't so I'm torn because, you know, I think timing is everything and maybe it just wasn't the right timing mm -hmm. a couple years ago. And now the timing is right. But at the same time, I'm cautious. So I'm wondering, you know, do you believe in second chances? <laughs> I think in, in a situation like this, and I don't know, <clears throat> you guys didn't break up for any other reason other than he was honest about, I'm not ready to fully like commit long-term, right? There was no cheating. There was no other like major issue right it was just that's, that yeah that's right that's right no no not no other issues it was just you know i had to be serious with myself and i had to be truthful and know what i wanted and yep. he didn't want that serious At that commitment. and how long ago was that it was about three years ago okay i mean this is what i would i would say and, and i don't obviously i don't know him um and you're gonna have to trust your judge of character but I think anybody's, I, I, first of all, I respect his honesty three years ago to be able to tell you, I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not at the same place you are and I'm not ready to commit. You have to respect that because it would have been way worse had he faked it, went down the path of like, you know, a, trying to force a long-term serious relationship, having cheated or having just broken your heart even later down the road because you were all in and he wasn't all in, whatever the case may be, right? So you got to respect his honesty up front. And I think you, assuming he's a good guy, and I, I trust that you're a good judge of character, you have to, I think, give him the benefit of the doubt that for th you know, three years is a good period of growth for somebody to realize maybe, well, the grass wasn't greener. I you know, did whatever I needed to do. This is someone I really did enjoy, and I let it go. And you've been cool enough now to give him a second chance. I totally think cautious is a good word and a good place for you to be at in the start of it. But yeah. I think if he's proving himself to you as being sort of a different person now, someone who's ready to commit and take those next steps, I don't see anything wrong with giving him that opportunity. 
because yeah. I, he, 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 he did right by you before he was honest. That's true. That you know? is true. He was honest. And there are a lot of people that wouldn't be. No, it'd be so much easier to string you along or just to fool around and then fool around on the side or what, you know, it's to be honest right. is really tough in a situation like that because a, he doesn't want to hurt your feelings, but he respected you enough to tell you the truth. Right. And yeah. you know, you clearly had something good because why would you have even given him a, an opportunity to get back into your life via, back, it, via right. Instagram? So clearly you enjoyed your time with him. And he sounds like he's a good guy or you had fun with him at least. So you've let him back in. You got to, if you, you don't have to do anything, but you, if you've let him back in and you're having fun and you think there could be something cool again, you know, to, to, to dig deeper on why, why hold him accountable for something he did right by you in the past? He didn't do anything wrong. He just said he wasn't ready. That's true. So I, I, I'll go for it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm but, giving him that second chance. <laughs> yeah. And, but cautious is good. How long have you been dating now for the second time around? Oh, re recent. It's only been a little bit. Yeah. I mean, so, so cautious uh, yeah. is good. Be cautious. You know yeah. what I mean? Give him, give yeah. him the benefit of the doubt. Obviously your guard is up. That's understandable. There's nothing wrong with you having that position. I think, I think have your guard up, but don't make it a brick wall. You know, make it a, a wooden wall that you can slowly take down a little easier if you want to, you know, yeah. I, I just, I don't think he, uh, he should be punished for being honest three years ago. That is a very valid point. I, I really appreciate your insight that that is helpful. I, and you're right. You know, I need to give him that credit and, and that is very I, I needed to look at it that way. So I appreciate that. And here's Thank the cool you so thing. <laughs> you're, you're in the driver's seat now. Yeah, right? that's he, right. He's pursuing you. He's told you he wants to, you know, he wants something more. He's telling you I wasn't ready before, but now I am. The great part about all this is you're in the driver's seat. So you get to dictate the terms. You get to pace it. You get to decide when is too much, too fast, how. You get to control it all. If he's in it for the long haul, you know, make him work a little bit. He'll prove himself. <laughs> I love it. Well, a, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate it. For sure. Glad I could help. Okay. <laughs> All right. Bye. Hi, Eric. Hello. How are you? Good. Thanks. And you? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right. <laughs> what fun, what fun question do you have for me? Okay. So um, I am uh, Mexican American okay. and, um, and my boyfriend, uh, he's Asian American. And, um, well, I'm nervous cause I, I already told them about him. It's kind of like the, one of the first boyfriends that I talk about, but your family you're talking about, you've yeah. told your family. Yeah. And it's going pretty well, but, okay. um, my family's kind of very traditional and about our culture, you know, and so they always, wanted me to date like another latino mm -hmm. um so i want some advice on like uh cross-cultural you know like relationships how to handle it with my parents when they have like different expectations about who should i date in regards of yeah Whew. this is a tough one only because i don't obviously know how set your parents are in their ways um Old, you know, I, I would say I call it old school parenting, right? Where the parents have this expectation of what their what their child, who their child needs to date, how it needs to be, staying within the same uh, race or culture, um, is tough. I, I, I'm I'm assuming that your parents 
want what is best for you. They want you to be happy first and foremost, above and beyond cultural differences. So if, if I'm right in saying that, then I think expressing the happiness that this other person brings you is, would be the first step in what I would approach, how I approach my, my family, Mm -hmm. right? That that's more important than anything else. And then the only other thing that matters the most to me, and obviously I'm, I'm in a, you know, bicultural relationship, right? My, uh, my wife is Puerto Rican. I'm, I'm a white guy, I, but I did grow up in La Puente. I grew up in a very Mexican neighborhood where I dated a lot of Latinas my whole, I mean, most of my whole life I dated Latina. Um, one thing I always had, and hopefully the guy you're dating has this, you know, in him and you do for him, his culture as well is I love um, my wife's culture. I embraced her culture. I wanted to know more about it. You know, when I first went to Puerto Rico, I was the one that wanted to go sightsee and learn about the island and learn about her culture. So if he has that for your culture mm-hmm. and you have that for his culture, then I think that's another amazing point to bring up to your family that not only does he make you happy, but he loves your Mexican American, you know, heritage. He wants to know more about it. He wants to embrace it. He wants um, to be a part of your family in that way. Mm-hmm. And if he, if you also have that for his family, because he may have traditional parents as well, then that's a line you have to navigate too. I think you both have to embrace each other's um, cultural differences and and mm-hmm. shine a light on them in the most positive way. And if you can do that, then I think then what's the, then that to me, there's no big deal. There's no problem. The only time I'd ever have an issue if my daughter being half Puerto Rican, you know, was to date a guy that was, let's say just a, you know, a white, a white guy and he never wanted to embrace her Puerto Rican heritage. Um, I'd have a huge problem with that. If he didn't just accept it or embrace it or want to, um, celebrate it, then I'd have a problem. But if that's yeah. not the guy you have and he's interested in, in you and who you are and where you come from, then I think you should use that with your family, you oh, know? Yeah. Cause that celebrates that, that celebrates your heritage. So at the same time, yes, you didn't, you didn't end up with a Mexican American, but you ended up with somebody who appreciates your culture, um, your heritage and also makes you happy, which I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm hoping is what matters the most in your family is they want you to be happy. Yeah, I think so. Because it'd be worse if you were dating a guy that was Mexican-American, but you were unhappy. (laughs) That would be way worse, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah, totally. No, he's a very nice guy. And yeah, he totally wants to know more. So that's how I feel like I would approach my family in that situation (laughs) and try to warm them up to it. And then, uh, you know, he'll have some pressure on him when he goes to meet them for the first time. And he'll or maybe he's already has he met them? Uh, no, uh, he's just through FaceTime, my mom. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I mean, your, your mom was cool. Yeah. Him on FaceTime? Yeah. She thought he was nice. Yeah. So then they're, then they're already warming up to the fact if they were just like, no, <laughs> we don't care. He's not Mexican American. Then I'd see you have a much bigger, uh, battle ahead of you, but he's just got to win over mom. He has to put in a little extra work, which is okay. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you so much. Sure. I hope that helps a little bit. Yes, Eric. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, thank you to all of the callers and uh, everybody who wrote in. This was a lot of fun um, hosting How Men Think. I hope I helped answer some difficult questions. And, uh, you know, I even learned a little something 
listening to everyone's uh, <laughs> questions for me made me think deep. So thank you for having me. And uh, please check out uh, The Rookie on ABC and uh, make sure you are listening to our podcast. He said, Ella Dijo. We talk a lot about relationships. All right. Take care, everybody. This is How Men Think, an iHeartRadio London audio production. Listen each Thursday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.